Incorporating AI into your business can be a delicate balance between speed and intelligence. That's why you might want to consider the Claude 3 family models from Anthropic for your enterprise AI. Haiku is their light and fast model, Opus is their most powerful model capable of high order thinking, and Sonnet is the best combination of both speed and intelligence. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi on listeners, Naima Reza here. It's not Monday or Thursday, and yet there's something in your feed. We're trying something a little different today. We wanted to share with you a Twitter Spaces conversation taped Monday night. In it, Kara is joined by William Cohen, a journalist and founding partner of Puck, which is one of my favorite places for news and newsletters, and Scott Galloway, a business professor and co-host of the Pivot Podcast. Yes, my arch nemesis, Scott. I'm kidding. He's very good. We all like each other. They discuss Elon, 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 and briefly, Yay, aka Kanye West, and Donald Trump. Clearly, all your favorite people, or perhaps they aren't, but they sure are good at capturing our attention. Have a listen, and Kara and I will be back Thursday with a fresh episode of On. I'm thrilled to welcome Bill Cohen, founder of Puck News, and my dear friend, uh, Scott Galloway, co-host of Pivot. Today, we're talking all things Elon, and now apparently Kanye. Hello, boys. How you doing? Thank you for having me, Kara. No problem, Scott. Undo your, uh, un- unmute yourself. I know that's an unusual thing for me to say, but please do so. Um, there's Scott right there. All right, Bill, I'm going to start with you because one of your uh, one of your pieces that you published last week on Puck titled The Elon Financial Mindfuck, I think it was one of my favorite pieces. Uh, I've read about this whole thing and I've read a lot about them. There, you said there have been plenty of disastrous deals on Wall Street. A- AOL's purchase of Time Warner, Daimler-Benz's acquisition of Chrysler, the mergers of Sears and Kmart, but Elon's may be the worst of them. Can you tell me why you wrote that? Well, Kara, because uh, through this twisting and turning of this deal, we're now in a position where uh, the debt that the banks are going to issue to finance part of the deal, $13 billion on $44 billion, uh, is going to have to be issued at a severe discount. Uh, I'm hearing from people on Wall Street that could be 50 to 60 cents on the dollar so that the yield on the debt will uh, be sufficient to attract investors to it so that the Wall Street banks can sell it. And if it, if debt is trading initially at 50 or 60 cents on the dollar, that means it's trading at less than 100 cents on the dollar. If it's trading at less than 100 cents on the dollar, that means that the debt is not worth par. It's not worth 100 cents on the dollar. And mm-hmm. if the debt isn't worth 100 cents on the dollar, then the equity has to be worth zero, at least directionally, at least at the beginning, it, you know, at least not accounting for some sort of option value. So how could there be a worse deal than one that hasn't closed yet, 
we're already the $31 billion of equity that he's going to put in it is worthless. So what's a deal that's close to that, that has that's that the that the debt sells for that? A, a bankrupt company, mm-hmm. you know, any company in bankruptcy, uh, the debt trades uh, below 100 cents on the dollar, uh, d- junk bond debt, uh, you know, where the company's not doing well, Bed Bath & Beyond or, uh, uh, you know, one, one of the movie theater chains, for instance, that isn't a meme stock. Uh, you know, if the debt is trading uh, at a significant discount to 100 cents, that means creditors don't think they're going to get paid back 100 cents. So they're not getting 100 cents in the dollar. In the pecking order of a capital structure, that means the equity, which is down at the bottom of the capital structure, uh, is is wiped out, is worthless, which is something, you know, you and Scott were talking about uh, last week yeah. uh, on Pivot. And absolutely right. I mean, that's... I mean, so here the deal hasn't even closed yet, Kara. Right. And already the the equity, $31 billion, $24 billion of which is coming from our buddy Elon, uh, you know, is worthless. So he is essentially like putting money in a, a stove and burning it, correct or not? He, he gets the company and he gets option value on the company. He gets option value on potentially being able to work his magic, whatever that is, whatever secret sauce he's got planned for Twitter, bringing Donald Trump back, bringing all these horrible people back, whatever he wants to do, lighting the whole company up in flames so that it's worth more than he's paying for it. Uh, then, you know, he buys that too. Right. So he buys the debt. You know, he owes the debt at 100 cents and he, and he you know, buys the whole company where he owns whatever, 78 percent of it uh, with the other uh, percentage owned by his buddies who ponied up the 7.1 billion. And together they can try to make something of it. Try to make something of it. What do you think they can make of it, Scott Galloway? You have been wrangling. You're still on. on you need to unmute yourself. But uh, what can they make of it, Scott Galloway? Uh, so as soon as they kind of get past this fever dream of attempting to explain what free speech is, recognizing they have no concept or nobody really understands what they mean by free speech other, other than putting Trump, Buck, Trump back on the platform, which they, he will not do. He does not want to share the spotlight with Donald Trump. This isn't about free speech. This is about me speech. Specifically, Elon Musk wants more of his speech spread to the four corners of the earth. The things they could do are move to subscription um, in my opinion, have more moderation or more enforcement of identification, maybe something like a light blue check that says you're not a bot or it's assigned to a specific IP or you're not trying to create a discourse that is more coarse. And then um, move to payments. If he were able to, you know, he has an unbelievable following. If he were able to constantly promote Twitter's uh, uh, capabilities as a payment platform, he could probably correctly say this is the WeChat of the West and try and recover some of the 60 or 70 percent in value he shows up behind when he takes, when he occupies or takes the keys to this house. The question I have, uh, actually, can I ask Bill a question, Kara? Sure, please do. So if there's $13 billion in debt, that means they have interest yeah. payments they have to make every year. The EBITDA on this thing is a billion bucks, and I doubt the cash flow is a half a billion. Does that mean that, by my math, it means he has to call his buddies and say, hey, sorry about burning your capital, but I also need you to come up with your share of interest payments every year to hold on to this equity such that this doesn't become the quickest 
movement from close to default in the history of corporate America, aren't they just starting? Aren't they just buying a yacht and the expenses are just starting? Absolutely, Scott. I mean, if they don't make, if they make it, miss an interest payment, that is a payment default. Uh, the creditors can uh, put them into involuntary bankruptcy if they don't cure it. And the only way to cure a payment default is by making the payment mm-hmm. or negotiating some sort of debt for equity swap right from the from the get-go, which means that the people who buy the debt at a discount, the so-called distressed debt buyers, the Apollos of the world or the double lines of the world, whatever wise guys are out there, he's going to be negotiating across uh, from, from Mark Rowan on day one at Apollo. And I'm sure he's not going to want to do that. So... To avoid that, he has to come up with the interest payment himself, the ex- the delta between the free cash flow of Twitter and the interest payment, whatever it is, $500 million, or ask those other 18, ask Larry Ellison, ask you know Mark Andreessen for, for their share of the money that's uh, lacking to pay, to pay off the, the, the interest payment. And that has to happen every six months. And so he can buy the debt himself, correct? He can buy the debt himself either now or, you know, after it closes or why it's, while it's closed. He can buy it at 50 cents on the dollar. That would probably be the smartest thing for him to do so it doesn't get into the hands of uh, the distressed guys. And then he can just retire that debt and not have to worry about the interest payments on that debt. So he would pay for overpay for it and then buy it back himself? That's right. He has to buy down. Okay, let's let's focus on the multiples for a minute. He's paying $44 billion for this company. That's 44 times EBITDA. Okay, that's way too much, right? The market is basically saying this company is sort of worth seven or eight times EBITDA. The EBITDA is a billion. Uh, that's eight, you know, say it's worth seven or eight billion dollars. That's the amount of the debt, what the debt is trading for, that 50%, 50 cents on the 13 billion. He's got to buy that multiple down so that he can afford the debt that's on this company, or else he's you know, or, or else it's in distress land or technical default land or payment default. And land. then what happens? Because some people say, you know, if he has them over a barrel because he owes them, right? This is not a new thing, fresh thing. What could happen? No, no, no. They they have him over a barrel. All right, explain explain because, why that is. Because a lot of people go into debt and then they have to sort of save it. Right. So, you know, sometimes that people say, well, if you borrow, you know, a dollar, you know, you owe somebody. If you borrow a billion dollars, you know, you... You know, you've got them in your pocket. Here's a situation where, yes, he's borrowing $13 billion, but the banks, but that's 13 times EBITDA, which is, you know, extremely high amount of debt on a company where it only comes up with a billion dollars a year. So to, to sell that debt, to get it off of their balance sheet so they don't have to take the mark-to-market loss themselves, which, you know, these original banks that Pay, are paying 100 cents on the dollar for this, they have to mark it down to a discount so that investors will buy it and take it, buy it from them. Right. And to do that, they have to make the yield something that looks like a piece of paper that would be issued in the junk bar market today, something with a double-digit yield. And at that point, they're dealing with distressed buyers. You miss a payment with a distressed buyer, and they can automatically put you into involuntary bankruptcy. And then what? Well, in bankruptcy, equity gets wiped out 99.9% of the time. Not always. Mm -hmm. There are examples like Hertz and others where, you know, the bankruptcy 
for whatever reason, doesn't wipe out the equity holders. But 99 times out of 100, equity holders get wiped out in every bankruptcy and creditors on the company. So he has to come up. Because. Go he, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, just because they wouldn't can't pay them the money that they're owed. So, very so he has to. They're contractually owed the money. He has to come up with some sort of magic pill that will suddenly double their EBITDA or something, correct? Or. That's one way to go. Or, or buy down the debt. Buy down the debt by himself. Or what? Yeah. No, or he can't take a loan. Buttons. He can't take loans because they've already taken no, there's loans. There's no more debt that there's, they can get on this thing. On this thing. It's already and, way over leveraged. 13 times EBITDA is way, way over leveraged. Okay. So, Scott, one of the things you talked about, this sounds volatile, and you said Elon brings volatility, not value. Now, he's brought value to a lot of places. So, talk about why that's the case here as opposed to other things he's endeavored. It's not, this guy isn't Trump that keeps leaving behind shitty businesses in his wake. Uh, so, yeah, you have to acknowledge SpaceX and Tesla are remarkable companies that have created hundreds of billions in value. Um, but if it's Dogecoin, uh, if it's GameStop, and if it's Twitter, um, I, I would argue he just brings chaos. I think he leaves Twitter deeply damaged. And, I mean, I think I told you I was circling. Mm-hmm. I had soft circle, uh, which sounds like chump change about a quarter of a billion dollars and was planning an activist campaign at Twitter mm-hmm. as a passive shareholder, maybe to go active to encourage them to, for more moderation and subscription go the opposite way. And he showed up with an acquisition offer. And now when I get together with the investors who I had soft circled, we feel like we dodged a bullet mm-hmm. because the more you find out about this company, and granted, he's added a lot of negative value. What you found out is just quite frankly, Twitter is a hugely influential business that is a shitty business. And he leaves this thing. The morale here has been damaged. He has played with this thing like my dog Leia plays with a Kong ball. Um, So it's just he's he he has shown a total lack of grace. I think there are very few brands. We talk about this daily. So we don't Mm -hmm. we see that the damage here incrementally. But if you look at Twitter six months ago, and I would add, if you look at the Musk brand six months ago, both of this come out of this deeply impaired. All right. So, Will, uh, Bill, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the case or does it matter? Is Bankers, we're going to get to banks in a second, uh, but bankers are what? Wall Street is willing to do business with just about anybody at some point. But what is their attitude right now, would you say? Oh, oh. <laughs> hating life. <laughs> Any, anybody involved in this deal uh, on his side is hating Well, explain life. that for the regular people. Sure. I mean, because, uh, you know, the fees that they're going to get either for providing M&A advice or uh, committing to this $13 billion debt are, are going to be trivial compared to the losses they face in trying to sell this debt into the marketplace. In other words, the, the discount that we were talking about that they would have to take to sell this debt. So, and we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in losses, billions of dollars collectively. in losses. I mean, they're fee- collectively. And their fees are, you know, maybe 100 million, maybe 200 million. Mm-hmm. So it's a total mismatch. Now, uh, Morgan Stanley CFO was asked about this the other day on the earnings call about how they had they hedged this or had they hedged any of their mm-hmm. recent leveraged finance deals. And the answer came back pretty much that they had hedged. So maybe they passed this risk off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be sort of fun to watch. Somebody in the market was going to get stuck with this risk that Morgan Stanley laid off on them 
and it's going to be squeezed and it's going to start squealing. And so some hedge fund could come a cropper soon because of this. But, you know, Barclays, uh, you know, Japanese banks, they're all in a world of pain over this Twitter deal. And, you know, at one point they probably thought, oh, my God, I can't believe how lucky I am to work for the world's richest guy on this great deal. There aren't any deals this year. This is a huge deal. We're going to make so much money. And now they're just hating life. They're hating life. Is that how they talk, Bill? Is that the way they discuss things? Yeah, okay. that's the way All they right. talk. All right, so, so, yeah. so can the bankers talk, yeah. get out of it at all? You had talked about this briefly and said pretty much everyone has said, Matt Levine, a bunch of different analysts, no, they can't not lend no, him the money. They, no, they're committed to the to provide him the money, and they've been paid fees for that commitment. No, there's no way out. No Huey way out. Clough. Mm-hmm. Huey Clough. Huey no so way that's out. It. No way it's out. an existential novel by Jean-Paul Sartre. <laughs> There's you. no way out. No way <laughs> So I love it. It's so nice that you're so uh, erudite. Um, so Scott, not as erudite, give me an uh, give me a title of what this business is going to look like if, if he takes it over. And do you actually think it's going to end that way? Uh, the title of this business will be The Elon Show mm-hmm. and jazz hands and a lot of Weapons of mass distraction to try and get you to look over here and not look at the business. Trying to stabilize the ship. If he was, I mean, he's a bright guy. If he was smart, he would probably attempt to show up and and just steady the ship, stop the defection, stop people leaving, put a thoughtful, trusted person in charge. I think he needs three to six months just to stabilize the ship. I think this thing is in real trouble right now. Mm -hmm. I'd be very interested to see what their earnings call is like. But again, I, I think it's just showing that he's not there to be, I mean, if he wants to burn the village to save it, fine. But I think he's going to have to show up and, and, and be an adult here. Greatness is in the agency of others. And you got to think that he can't build great companies like Tesla and SpaceX without understanding the importance of management and making them feel at least respected. He's treated these people with a total lack of respect. Mm-hmm. So I think he has a lot of kissing and making up to do for about three or six months and then to try and implement something resembling a strategy around the things we talked about. But, Bill, what I, I had a, a couple more questions for you. I noticed the same thing in the Morgan Stanley call. The CFO gave body language that they had offloaded the risk. Um, so somewhere out there is a four to six billion dollar grenade that is going to explode in somebody's face and we don't know who but someone is going to have to disclose this in the next 90 days um i also wonder you know what's going to happen if he has i mean the m a fees don't make up for the 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 absolute you know shit kicking that somebody's going to take with this debt the question i have is these individuals who sponsor the equity are they totally tied up or they can they bail on the deal? And how does and I'll ask you the same question I keep asking rhetorically. How does Sequoia Capital, who committed eight hundred million dollars to this thing, call Ontario teachers and Michigan's the endowment from Michigan and Yale and say, we spent we burned eight hundred million dollars of your money because the equity capital is zero here on day one because we want to be tight with Elon. How, how does that conversation go? Well, Scott, it, you know, as, as we both know, first of all, I don't know whether these equity players, the the Larry Ellison's or the Sequoia or the Market Andreessen's or frankly, my favorite, which is Prince Al-Walid, who decided to him. roll over. 
his stake when he could have gotten the 5420. He decided to roll over and is going to face plant a billion nine, a billion six of which is profit. Uh, I don't know whether those guys can either pull out, change their mind. I mean, what's he going to do if they say, no, we're not funding this? I, I don't know whether he has a binding contract with them or not. Uh, but I also think, and, and I'd be interested in your, your view too, is that you know how it goes. They'll say, oh, oh, those people who are saying the equity is worthless, they don't know what they're talking about. Look at these financial projections. This is what we underwrote it on. This is where it's going. Look at Elon. He's such a great businessman. Look what he's done with Tesla. Look what he's done with SpaceX. He's going to turn this thing around. This thing is going to gush cash because he's going to do X, Y, and Z. And this thing, look at the DCF of this, the discounted cash flow. Look at the IRR. This thing's going to be a mm -hmm. huge home run. That's what they're going to say yeah. to Ontario teachers. They're and not going to the say we face planted. What, what are they, but what are, what are they going to, what are they saying not to Ontario teachers then? Oh, amongst themselves, they're yeah. saying, "How do we get out of this fucking thing?" Excuse me. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and they, and that you think that they will not pull out, nonetheless, correct? That they will not at the last minute. Well, like, if I were them, uh, I'd pull out. What if about I can. the prince? Can he do that? That's like he could have made a fortune. I don't know there. if the prince can change his his vote to get the cash, or has to stick with his election already. I don't know the answer to that. If I were him, I'd be exploring that big time. And I do know him. I wrote a Vanity Fair profile about him once upon a time. Mm -hmm. He's a wild and crazy guy. I'm sure he will uh, do whatever he can to change that election. All right. And then who has, has the grenade? We don't grenade know. Grenade here. Bill, the, who's got it? Oh, you it? mean the, oh, the, yeah. oh, the grenade that Morgan Stanley passed up? Mm -hmm. We don't know. What do you think? You know, our, our, you know somebody like, you know, Bill Huang at Archegos, if he was still around. I mean, some hedge fund bought that risk from Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. Hoping for what? Hoping that the deal closes and uh, the debt, debt trades at par and, you know, yeah, they make the interest payments and this thing's a home run. This episode is brought to you by On Investing, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Each week, hosts Liz Ann Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around equities, fixed income, the economy, and more. Join Kathy, Liz Ann, and their guests as they share insights on what might be moving the markets and why, as well as what indicators they are watching for signs of change. They'll also answer investor questions on everything from how sectors are evolving to what the bond markets are telling us, to where to look for opportunities and considerations for your portfolio. You can download the latest episode of On Investing and subscribe so you never miss an episode at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for On with Kara Swisher comes from Delete Me. Unfortunately, there's a very good chance that some of your private information is available on the internet for anyone to see. In fact, I'm sure of it. And even worse, to sell it. Your name, number, home address, and other private information might be floating on the internet without your knowledge. Delete Me is a subscription service that wipes your personal information from hundreds of people search databases on the web. Delete Me finds and removes personal information sold by data brokers that you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. 
You can tell Delete.me exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They will send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what information they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I really have enjoyed Delete.me. It's been pretty shocking, and I'm pretty good around uh, issues of my information online. But there was so much information all over the place. It was very easy to navigate. You can see right there on the Delete.me um, report that you get what is out there and what you need to do and pick and choose what you think is important to eliminate. You can take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now with a special discount for our listeners. You can get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash Kara and use the promo code Kara at checkout. Again, you can get 20% off by going to joindeleteme.com slash Kara and enter the code Kara at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash Kara, code Kara. All right, let's let me ask about because Elon, instead of being quiet, which he was for a while, he certainly was for a couple of weeks, um, as you noted and I noted. Uh, but lately, he's become Madam Secretary with Ukraine, uh, Taiwan, uh, Russia, uh, all kinds of statements, China, all kinds of statements. And of course, Starlink, which I think was a boon to Ukraine. Um, he, I think, very normally wants some payment for what he was doing. Um, he never did say it was free. Um he kind of acted like it was, but he certainly didn't say that. Um, what do you, what, how does this affect the deal, if at all? Now, none of us are, are international relations majors, but we're definitely, neither is Elon. So, um, actually, I was an international relations major. What am I talking about? Um, can you, can you give me a sense of it, it affects the deal, both of you? Scott, why don't you go first? I don't think it does. I think that the Chancery Court and Larry Fink and every shareholder and even Parag and the board, are like, oh my gosh, come on in, the water's fine. This here are the keys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to Disneyland with a ridiculous amount of money, and I'm getting fifty four bucks for a company worth thirteen. Here, your mess that you overpaid for. Um, what you referenced before, Kara, is actually I think the most the most underreported or the most important story I would argue in the world right now, and that is we have the wealthiest man in the world who is not an elected official, who understands technology, is a technological genius, provides communications infrastructure to Ukraine in a very sensitive moment, good for him, and then decides, I'm going to turn it off. So, and then- He didn't turn also it off. Makes, Let's be fair. He didn't turn it off, but go ahead. Well, he, he threatened to turn it off, correct? Well, I'm and, not and, really clear what he threatened. He wants and to didn't be paid. He, didn't he say that he's not going to turn it on Crimea because he's worried about nuclear war? That's been suggested. Okay, so I would argue this is where we are. Do we want Secretary Blinken in our Department of Defense making those calls? Or do we want a guy who makes a really fucking awesome electric vehicle deciding uh, battlefield communications in what could be a nuclear confrontation? This This is the idolatry of innovators gone absolutely berserk that we now have an individual in this position instead of the Department of Defense. What if the CEO of Northrop Grumman said... I'm worried about nuclear war. I'm turning off all of our nuclear submarines. And I, I just I think this is I think this is such a failure of our democracy. I think that the fact that we don't have elected representatives who saw this company I, coming, I don't even think it's about Elon Musk. I think it's about our government. I think they yeah, really screwed I would up agree. there. I would agree. I think our government should have had other vendors or had he's a vendor. That's what he is. He's a vendor. Uh, uh, Bill, what do you think? 
deal hits the deal? Think, no, I don't think it's going to affect the deal, uh, you know, one way or another. I think they're they are separate. I agree with Scott that it's completely inappropriate for him to throw himself into the middle of this. But you know, the hubris around Elon is really legendary. So you know, I guess it's not really a surprise. But it won't affect the deal because the the battle lines are already drawn on this deal. It's Les mm-hmm. jeux sont faits, uh, mm-hmm. again, to quote my friend Jean-Paul Stoff. Uh, <laughs> les jeux sont faits, you know, the games are over. Uh, they've got to sell this debt at whatever price they can sell it for. He's going to, he has till October 28th to close this thing that's coming around the mountain very fast. He's going to have to close this thing. On day one, the debt will sell for whatever, 50 or 60 cents on the dollar. Technically, the equity is worth it, uh, worthless, and now he's got an option to try to make it worth something for however long he wants to hold on to this puppy for. Yeah. All right. So two things, and then I want to get to Kanye for a second, and then we'll get to questions from uh, from all the listeners. We have quite a few. Um, what what would be a who would be a good CEO for this? Each of you, uh, Bill. Why don't you start? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know that's I. I don't know who would want to. Um, you know, take on this. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe someone like a Dan Schulman is the CEO of PayPal who seems to like to take on challenges mm-hmm. uh, like this and doesn't mind mixing it up with the big boys. I've known Dan si- since he was at Virgin Mobile and I was his banker, but I, you know, he's one name that comes uh, to mind. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one, Kara. Who, why would you want to be the CEO of this thing yeah, at I, this mm-hmm. time? I wouldn't. I would unless it was an enormous amount of money, enorm guaranteed pay, sort of like a Trump lawyer, right? Give me the three million dollars up front, or, or or the or the the LIV uh, golf uh, yeah shit show in in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, something like that. I think that would work. Scott, do you have any ideas besides yourself? Um, the, the I don't think he'll do this. The smartest thing he could do is um, keep Parag and come in and say this has been. You know, emotion, this is an acquisitions are emotional. This is full body contact. After speaking to Parag, I have a lot of uh, respect for him and the team and what you've accomplished here. I realize how difficult this is. And I want you to stay the course. I have some thoughts and some ideas that I'll share with you over the course of the next three, six and 12 months. But I'm I'm smart enough to know that when you show up to a situation like this, you find out you're not as smart as you thought and they're not as dumb as you'd hoped. And so I want to work with Parag. I want to work with the team here. And I ask that you all stay in your positions and give me the benefit of the doubt for 12 months. And I apologize for, you know, what has been an emotional trying process. But I think the smartest thing he could do would be to keep Parag in place as an olive branch because there's nothing... There's nothing he has said or any strat- strategy that he's outlined is, that's in direct contrast with what Paraga said. He's just decided he doesn't like the guy. Yeah. But yep, I have true. absolutely no names on my short list for who would yeah. want this shit Me show. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, you know, they, uh, I, I, they brought up Oprah. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, it was on one of the lists. I, uh, you know, that was Jack wanted, I think, mostly for the board, for the board. Are there any board yeah, members you would say? But, but anybody on the board, do you think, would be helpful? Kimball Musk. Probably he'll be on the board. This I board, mean, Kara, it's not going to be see... a board of directors. Yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah. be yeah. a group of, of overpaid whores who will just do whatever he wants. This isn't going to be a board. He shouldn't have a board. 
Yeah. Why pretend? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Trump yeah. doesn't have a board. Yeah. That's D- true. Can you imagine Kara, him, uh, Elon, you know him, mm-hmm. saying what Scott just said no. he would have to say to Parag no. to keep him? No, I do okay. not. No, I do not. I do not see him doing okay. that. He so, could. He there could. you go. He could. He, he could. He could, but he won't. He, yeah, he, he might for right. a second. And then he'll change his mind. It's very, it can change at any minute. All right. Lastly, and then I want to get to Kanye very briefly before questions. Um, is there any way this deal does not go through? Any way that you foresee either of you? Bill, you say no. Has to, it's going. Well, no. What, what I say is that October 28th could come and go uh, with him not getting it done. It then goes to trial. He, he loses at trial and is told by the judge that he has to close. And however they choose to enforce that or however they can enforce that, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, You know, he delays, he obfuscates, he then starts to put forth some sort of compromise uh, uh, settlement number. Uh, You know, the wise man, Prof G, has suggested the difference between words trading. By the way, as you guys have uh, foretold many months ago that it, you know the asymptotically getting closer to fifty four twenty, which it's been about fifty. You know the difference between where it's trading and fifty four twenty is a lower and lower number now, mm-hmm. and so maybe that's a face saving message way the board can get out of this with Elon, or maybe he says I'll give you ten billion dollars, or as I was saying five billion, maybe it's ten, maybe it's fifteen, maybe that's the way uh, they get out of uh, he gets out of closing this, but. You know, at some point, the compromise number is going to be so high, you might as well buy it. Yeah, exactly, which is our point. Uh, Scott, you think there's any way or just what Bill just outlined? I don't. Th- I think he's on the green mile. I think he's appealed to every court possible and he's 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 on the green mile. This is it. And he will rather than the 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 absolute. Second worst thing in his life right now is to close on this deal for the reasons that Bill's outlined. The worst thing would to have would to be go under oath and start asking questions from someone who is not a sycophant and that he actually has to tell the truth or commit perjury. He he cannot do that. He has told so many lies that he can't go. He literally can't go under death. He would he would rather burn $33 billion of his own and his friend's money than go under deposition right now. All right. All right. And Trump coming back, you said no, no, Scott. What about you, Bill? I think it would be a big mistake, but I think he would do it. I do too. All right. Uh, first, very quickly, uh, I think that only it deserves quickly, Kanye West apparently making an offer for Parler. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal said in an interview, Mr. Farmer said discussions with Mr. West about a Parler deal began casually when his wife, Candace Owens, an American conservative author and commentator, attended Mr. West's fashion show in Paris. Both Mr. West and Ms. Owens wore White Lives Matter t-shirts at the event. Um I don't know what to say about this, uh, but so I'll let you, Scott. Scott, what do you, we think? I think he's, I, uh, well, you start. I think Candace Owens is a wonderful wife, and she's using her charm uh, to bail her husband out of, a, of an impossible business situation. I think that she is securing uh, her economic security for her and her family by talking, uh, I'm going to use this term literally and metaphorically uh, crazy into spending real money for something that is worth less than zero. 
the, I mean, for all the blather about free speech, these businesses, they're the shittiest business in a shitty sector. They don't work. And so if somebody wants to buy it, I'll go to, uh, if somebody wants to pay, if somebody wants to pay $100,000 for my 1984 Honda Accord, I'll get my wife to go to fashion shows with them. <laughs> Phil, Phil, please follow that. Uh, it's hard to follow Scott on that. Uh, but I would just say that ever since Kanye leapt on stage at whatever it was, the Video Music Swift. Awards, yeah. and took the award out of Taylor Swift's hands, I've kind of lost uh, respect for the guy. So that's where I am. All right. So you think this is not a deal? Is anyone talking about it on Wall Street? Uh, well, we were talking about it today at our uh, Puck uh, meeting. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, we couldn't figure out what he had paid or offered or will pay or won't pay or whether it'll close or not. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of gone off the deep end here. Uh, so uh, I think it'll be pretty irrelevant whether he buys it or not. I, I don't think it'll Sort of like, uh, you know, Trump social. I mean, yeah. kind of irrelevant, right? Right. And, what and do you same think, thing there. What do you think is going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's not going to happen. I think they just bought an interesting company, a little technology company, platform thing. Uh, I think they only just recently got $16 million in more investments, and who knows if that's so. Uh, this is a, <coughs> a loser. They're all they're all struggling, except for, you know, maybe a Gab or a, a Rumble will do just fine. Um, but there's not going to be a lot of these. They're terrible businesses. And Twitter's the big, the big, uh, the big, man on campus here and it's a shitty campus. I don't know what else to say. It's just not, it's just bad. I don't know what, and I feel sorry for him actually, even though he's a stone cold anti-Semite. Um, I think that he's, I think he's been taken advantage of here maybe, or, you know, whatever people tell him what he needs to tell, but that's the story of his life recently, you know? So, um, he doesn't, he doesn't, can't run a social network. He can't, he can't. I just, it's sad for more than anything, I think. Support for On with Kara Swisher comes from Babbel. Learning a new language doesn't just give you dozens of new ways to swear. Studies show that people who learn new languages develop better memories and get more comfortable solving difficult problems. In turn, confidence improves and perspectives open, allowing for more flexibility no matter what life brings to the table. If you're ready to make a new language part of your routine, Babbel can help. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app with lessons created by real people for real conversations. Babbel doesn't rely on artificial intelligence to build its 10-minute lessons. Instead, they are handcrafted by more than 200 language experts focused on teaching phrases and vocabulary you'll actually need to communicate. I've used Babbel myself. I'm trying to learn Spanish since I spent four years trying to learn it in high school and then again in college. And I have to say, I'm doing a lot better with Babbel. I use it on the go when I'm traveling. It's super easy to do these 10-minute, five-minute lessons. It reminds me every day, and I do it. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel dot com slash swisher get up to 60 percent off at babble.com slash swisher spelled b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash swisher rules and restrictions may apply support for this show comes from the harvard business review i made a career out of taking to task some of the tech industry's biggest players and honestly, some of these guys, and they're all guys, really had no clue what they were doing, and they could probably have benefited from some of the resources available at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a top source for smart management thinkers. 
Cultivated by some of the greatest minds in business, the Harvard Business Review is a trove of rigorous insight and best practices. It's more than just the flagship magazine, too. You can find the same level of expertise on hbr.org. And for just $10 a month, a subscription unlocks unlimited access to a variety of resources like hundreds of articles, podcasts, newsletters, case studies, and so much more. I use HBR all the time to look up all kinds of cases and not just in tech and also listen to their podcasts. I look at their newsletters and I really, 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 most of all, like the articles, which have a different perspective that I might have to give me ideas. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code CARA right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, to save 10% off your HBR subscription, go to hbr.org slash subscription and enter the promo code CARA. Anyway, let's get to some questions from the audience. We just have a few. We've got about uh, 10 minutes. Let's try. Asia, is that your name? Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, So I wanted to ask this. Does the conversation change if we're talking about Twitter as a social media platform versus spaces? versus social audio. Do you think that that might be maybe the reason that Elon became interested? For, for spaces and, and audio, social audio. Huh. Okay. All right. Interesting question. Uh, either of you, go ahead. I don't have any thoughts, Kara. You're probably most qualified to answer that. You know the product better. I, 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 no. No, I don't think so. I think they've got to make it into real uh, uh, something. You can make some money with this. You can make some money with advertising. I think they're all small businesses. If they go into payments, I think absolutely. I think absolutely. They could do, they could probably do well, but it's kind of this idea of a super app, which is the reason he was using x.com is because he owned that company long. That's where he first got his start. Um, and I think he, uh, he, uh, really, uh, the payments is the only way to go, uh, Bill. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would love to see the uh, PowerPoint uh, that he had his bankers put together to show all these equity investors and the uh, debt underwriters. To I'd love to see these projections of what he how he's going to turn a billion dollars into five billion. I'm sure of EBITDA. I'm sure that's kind of the number that he's put out there. I have no idea how he's going to do it. Uh, if he brings back Donald Trump, I think a lot of people leave, and that'll be a, a net negative. There's already a fair amount of advertising on the site. I mean, it's kind of like enough already on the advertising. Mm-hmm. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't want more of that. Uh, maybe there's a subscription model, as Scott talks about, and maybe these payments thing. There's a lot of competition in the payment space. So I don't know how they're going to compete on that front. I don't think Spaces is uh, brings in yeah. any money. So... I, well, not much. If somebody out there has got the PowerPoint, please slip it to us. Yeah, that would be great. We'd love to look at it. Okay. We'd love to look at that. Okay, Roseanne, question? What happens to the employees of Twitter from the top who have equity to uh, just the workers? Thank you. Okay, that's a great question. I actually have well, spoken to, uh, let me just start, Bill. Um, sure. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people and the top people are going to get a big payday. 
big payday, big, big, big amount of money with, for their stock. Um, regular people, not so much. I think a lot of people feel like they're, they're not going to get anything practically, and they're going to be stuck there in a bad job market coming through, even for tech people. So I think we have to differentiate between who we're talking about, Parag. I don't know why he would stay, Scott, for example. Um, I don't know if Scott left or not. <laughs> Scott seemed, oh, there he is. Um, I don't know. He's going to make a fortune. Why should he, why should he stay and put up with, you know, the guy who calls him names? Um, I don't know. Bill? Well, 50, 54.20 in cash is a really nice payday. Uh, as Scott has said, it should be trading at 13 bucks or whatever. Uh, it's a really nice payday. So the people who have stock options on a change of control are going to get paid out very nicely. The rank and file that probably doesn't have any of that. Nope. They have jobs. Um, what Parag might stay, uh, you know, for the one reason people do anything, uh, money, more money. I mean, uh, maybe uh, Elon decides he has to, he's the only choice to run this thing because no one else will do it. And he has to give him a big fat new contract. Yeah. And that's why he'll do it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think so. All right. Uh, Jay McKee, please speak. Question? You have to unmute. Yeah, it keeps being suggested that Tesla and SpaceX are incredibly successful companies. By what metric? Because it seems like their success is betting on Elon delivering in the future things that don't exist now. Their cars are kind of Eh, by the competition. And uh, Starlink doesn't look like it scales. It's all betting on Starship. Okay. All right. Good question. All right. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I mean, buddy, we're brothers in arms. And if you want to sit around and ship post Elon, I'm with you. And I can do this all day and night. But there's just no, I don't think there's any denying that Tesla's an incredible company. And I think they have about 60% share of the electrical vehicle market in the U.S. Uh, it, continues to, it continues to exceed analyst expectations around deliveries and numbers, whether it's producing their own microchips such that they don't have the same sort of slowdowns in supply chain. They have had some recall efforts, but it's an amazing car. And the guy's landing two rockets concurrently on two barges. And the only one that it seems to be hitting milestones around transporting people in space against other, against other um, companies, um, you know, uh, military industrial complex companies with much deeper pockets and longer histories. So I, I just, I think you got to acknowledge these are incredible companies. I also believe that Tesla is massively overvalued. Uh, and I'm just holding to that. I think it'll be 50 bucks or less a share uh, within the next, call it 36 months. But I, I just think you've got to give the guy credit for electrifying the auto industry and accomplishing something remarkable in terms of uh, he can transport and haul material into space for less money per kilogram than any um, rocket company in history. The Falcon Heavy Rocket puts stuff into space for less money than anybody else. So they're great companies. Valuation is a different is a different animal. All right, uh, uh, Bill. Any thoughts on that? I, I agree with Scott completely. Uh, SpaceX just blows my mind. Landing that rocket uh, in the middle of the ocean on a barge, unbelievable. Uh, he has definitely electrified the car industry. It's completely overvalued. Uh, a lot of their profits from many, many years until maybe the last one have come from selling carbon credits, not even from making cars. 
So the valuation is way, way, way out over his skis. Of course, anybody who's short has gotten murdered as well. Uh, he's also not only electrified the car industry, he's electrified his competitors. And so he's going to have yeah. competitive competition right and left. That, so he I, is, I agree with Scott. He is the Netflix of cars. I think there's some very yep. good cars that's coming right. out. From, hmm, and that's good. the problem. And that's and they're going to come in. They're not as good. They will be. They absolutely. It's expensive. They will be. They will be. And people will want choice. And they don't want to just, you know, several people who are designers are like, why does the cars always, why do digital cars always have to look digital and not beautiful? There's going to be beautiful cars. I, I would agree. I, I I think the Teslas I've ridden and Scott's, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, but, uh, and many others. Uh, and, uh, and they're, they're really nice cars, but I would like a different kind, um, for sure. And, and, and you'll get it soon. I, I, in fact, I will. Okay. All right. Um, let's have two more, Joey. Go ahead, Joey. Hey, hey. Uh, hey. I just wanted to talk about how, or ask about how like a lot of the, the way that we've been framing this conversation is through the economic angle of what mm-hmm. Elon's been doing. But what would you say mm-hmm. to the young men that I'm, I'm specifically saying past tense had idealized mm-hmm. Elon in the past, like I have. Well, may I ask you why? Why don't you? Why don't you anymore? You said past tense. Past yeah, tense. Like, in middle school and high school, I had like mm-hmm. all the Elon shirts, the Vance mm-hmm. biography, all that stuff. But he's just become such a terrible person. Maybe he was all along, but he continues to work against his workers. He continues to weaponize his voice to make himself more powerful instead of just make the world better. Like what seemed like when he had started. Yeah. Well, you sound like my sons, actually, my two sons. Uh, same thing. It's a really interesting thing. They really did idolize him. And um, I keep telling him he's he's more complex. And I will tell you that. I know people think I'm too nice to him. I, I have encountered him in a different way. And I, some of the stuff that he's doing now is really not what I would characterize as good or nice or anything, just really kind of gross. But I would agree. All right. Answer that question, Scott and uh, and Bill, really quickly. Thank you. Great question, Joey. The comparison to Charles Lindbergh is the apt one. Someone who has, uh, deserves and receives warranted admiration globally, arguably the most famous person in the world. Um, and his legacy is being dramatically tarnished because of, I mean, Lindbergh was a Hitler apologist, which was kind of the mother of all bad looks uh, historically. But Elon Musk abuses his power, belittles people, um, takes advantage, uh, weaponizes his followers, treats people with a total lack of grace, and has no respect for institutions and shows a tremendous lack of gratitude for how fortunate he is and conflates luck with um, talent. There's a reason he's not launching rockets out of Montreal or built an electric vehicle company in South Africa, but is the first to shitpost America. It's gross. It's unpatriotic. And it's a heartening to, hear, to, to listen to young men who see this evolution and understand that this is not how grown men or people who've been granted so many blessings should behave. All right. Bill, any follow-up on that? All I would say is I can't wait for Walter Isaacson's book, so maybe we can find out what, how this man ticks and yeah, why yeah. he behaves the way he does. I would say you need to go right to dad. Dad is where it all starts and probably ends. I hate to say it, but I have a feeling that's what it's going to be about. Uh, a lot about it. All right. I'm going to let Naima Raza, my producer, ask a question. Go ahead, Naima. You're muted for once. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to trying to be quiet in Scotland Town. Um, hi guys, that was in- very interesting. I have a question about that hurts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have a question about the the man we're not talking about. I know it's Elon, 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 but Trump. Uh, Scott, you've said that Elon won't let him back on because he wants it to be the Elon show. Yet everybody's you know big question is will he or won't he come back? Trump has said he won't come back, and I guess. Bill, my question's to you. Doesn't he have some kind of fiduciary responsibility to Truth Social to not, you know, partake in Twitter or to, to not that he's a man of his word necessarily, uh, mm, but mm, isn't not, there not. some kind of limitation on on like the fear of his return to well, Twitter? Well, yeah, I mean, for, first of all, Truth Social is a private company mm-hmm. that Trump owns. Of course, uh, it hasn't merged yet with. DWAC or whatever the heck it is, right? When it's looking increasingly yeah. unlikely that's back. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have; he's not going to have any fiduciary obligation to anybody except himself. And we know that he's very good at treating himself well. <laughs> I think that he'll he'll just uh, absolutely do Twitter if he gets uh, is allowed back on, just like he'll go back onto Facebook if he's yeah. allowed back on, and he'll still do Truth Social. He'll do everything and anything that anybody will let him do. Yeah, because the megaphone is more valuable to him than this than the. The megaphone. the megaphone. The megaphone. All right, Scott, any answer? I, I agree with Bill, uh, but I, I stick to my guns here. My prediction is uh, Elon wants it to be the Elon show and doesn't want to share the sunlight with anybody. And we'll come up with a bunch of reasons for why he will defer to Twitter's good judgment and not allow any competition back on the platform. Well, he's definitely not letting Kanye back on. In any case, uh, free speech, the people. Uh, thank you so much. The wonderful Twitter space was produced by Michelle Berg and Naima Raza. Also, thanks to Amber Davis, Maya Valerio, and Twitter Spaces team. David Wilson engineered this episode. And special thanks to Blakeney Schick, Christian Castro-Russell, and Rafaela Seward, the fearless producers who make Kara Swisher and me sound good day after day after day. We'll be back Thursday with a new episode. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.